Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm James. We have a great guest for you guys today, Lane Skelton, the founder of Driving Well Awesome and the indomitable Radwood. That's right. Which is a phenomenon. I think Radwood has shifted automotive culture in ways that are tangible and intangible. You can see it, but you can also, uh, you can see the shows, right? You can see the events that they're putting on. For sure. But you also have these... You can look at bring a trailer. You can see the 90s cars kind of taken off. Yeah, I think the the late 80s, early 90s cars have come in vogue, and that's partially thanks to Radwood. I think it's, I think there's more to it than that, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about. I think you're also people what, that were born in the 80s and 90s now have real jobs, right. and they want the stuff that they had. Exactly. So I think it's kind of like we have these. I think what's these cool things. and you, you kind of look at as vintage or is... I don't know, interesting to a person. Is it, it's generally like 30 years past. Is it our Hemikudas, all these things? Yes, you know what I mean? it is, that's honestly. That's basically what it is. And as a, as a show guy, I, I mean, I did Euroworks for many, many years, and I've done different rallies for, you know, also like 10 or 15 years with the Overcrest Rally we have now. Um, we have a lot of common, and obviously we're, we like the same kind of cars, and I want to hear a little bit about his philosophies which is something I don't necessarily know about yet. So we're going to talk about his early life, kind of figure out what makes Lane Skelton tick, and then uh, we're going to play a little game, too. Uh, <laughs> it's called Rad or Not Rad, and we're going to have him kind of opine on whether things that a lot of people think are rad, or maybe they don't, um, whether they are rad or not rad, to Lane Skelton, who is basically the king of rad you know, like at, at this point. Uh, but before we get to our interview with Lane, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a moment to talk about Petrol Box. Petrol Box is a monthly subscription service specifically made for the automotive enthusiast. Each month, they carefully select items including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, publications, all that, and they send it right there to your doorstep. There's actually two different levels of subscription to choose from. The Petrobox Basic costs less than 20 bucks a month, while you have the Petrobox Premium, which gets you even more gear for $39.95 a month. Check them out at mypetrolbox.com, and be sure to use the code OVERCREST at checkout to get 6 bucks off your first month. All right, guys, here's our interview with Elaine Skelton. Enjoy. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, I'm stoked to be on. It's uh, it's interesting watching the this this meteoric rise of everything that we loved, but the rest of the world thought was kind of lame in terms of cars you know everybody was always talking about the malaise era and the malaise all the malaise cars 90s cars 80s cars it was all junk and now yep. it's like we have this big revenge right <laughs> mm -hmm. it's yeah uh, it's a it's a weird weird thing um yeah it's uh you can see it just watch bring a trailer and you'll see the see the rise right there yeah absolutely we'll get into that in in, in a little bit but before we dive into you know radwood and driving well awesome and everything like that i wanted to talk a little bit about about you because i think that um the man that's kind of been pushing all this is is interesting and finding out what makes you tick might help us you know define some of the other stuff that you've been doing what was your young yeah, car sure. life like what was when what was little lane what was he obsessed little with lane. yeah so little lane uh grew up in a bit of a car my dad was always into cars um he didn't necessarily have anything cool when i was little but uh Actually, I take that back. He had a like a 1961 VW Beetle convertible. He had a 59 or 58 um, Volkswagen Transporter pickup truck. 
Um, so actually, we had some cool stuff. He had like a '64 Falcon for a little bit. Is this some, um, where 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 is this? Is this California so, somewhere? Yeah, so this is Santa Cruz, California, um, about 90 miles south of San Francisco, and about I don't know 30 miles north of Monterey. So was he um, taking these cars to like bug shows and stuff like this, or is he just a dude driving around in a bug? No, he's just a dude using that car to drive around. And he had a little furniture rest. He had a furniture restoration business when I was a kid. So he would do. Um, he actually, I remember I went out with him to. Uh, I don't know if you heard of the Awani Hotel in um, in uh, Yosemite. No, but it's like the big hotel in Yosemite, and it's really neat, and it's like you know tall ceilings, all wood cabin style. Um, but I remember he he redid all the chairs in the Iwani Hotel in his with his business did, so we would make trips out there in his transporter pickup delivering the chairs and picking new batches up. That's awesome. Um, so that's an early memory from when I was like four years old, basically. And uh, yeah, but as far as like my and then my you know my love of cars, like my godfather had a three fifty six, um, and I went to. I was like obsessed with Porsches. I was always like, I was obsessed with 944s and they were like the new hot thing and 968s when they came out in 92, I guess it is. Um, but I remember I went to Germany in 92 by myself to visit my godparents who were living over there at the time in Dusseldorf. Um, and I went over there, I went to two Formula One races, watched Michael Schumacher's first victory, wow. watched Mansell clinch the title. And uh, rolled around Germany in a Mini Cooper and a Volvo and some other cool stuff. Um, and went to the Porsche factory, went to the Mercedes factory. Now, like, were you all that. were you into this stuff before this, or was this stuff that was just kind of happened that solidified it all for you? No, I was super into it. I, I would get I got like Racer magazine like the day it came out when I was like in sixth grade or whatever, and um, I would I would just sit there and draw cars, trying to TR threes and Porsches and. I was all, you know, I was, I was really into art, um, so I would draw all the time. I was just into cars. My dad got a a used 944 when I was like 11 or 12, so it was like a, I don't know, it was a six-year-old car, and uh, I learned how to drive a manual transmission at that age, and I would drive it up and down our uh, driveway and figured a way to get between our garage and our house, which was just wide enough for the car. And I would do laps around our house in the 944. So this is like at 12 years old. Um, was so your yeah, dad was, home when you were doing that? That seems like something um, that's after hours. No, he would be home sometimes. He didn't care. I would wash it too. I was obsessed with like detailing it. And stuff, well, yeah, that's so. why he lets you do it. You're washing the <laughs> car for free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would, I would, and I would be out there with toothpicks and, and uh, Q-tips and just, like, detailing the hell out of it because I treated it like it was my car. Um, well, that, I, I treated it way better than any car I've ever owned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, did, did you have any driving mistakes around, you know, your teenage years or anything like that? I, I did some really oh. dumb stuff. <laughs> I mean, dude, we all do, right? That's, like, that's a given. Um, I think my biggest mistake as a, teena- as a teenager, young driver, uh, we had this thing at my high school called um, lifetime activities. It was like, instead of taking a traditional PE class, you could do this like lifetime activities, which was bowling, <laughs> tennis, golf, and swimming. Ooh, um, all so lifetime activities do. for sure. Well yeah. defined. <laughs> exactly right. It's perfect. So we had t- we had golf um, at a driving range or golf course, um, uh, you know, a mile away from our school or something like that, and we would all drive there. And you would pack people in your car. And what 
that meant to us was we would all race there. <laughs> so, and if you stopped at a stoplight, you're basically a chump or a stop sign because that's a passing opportunity. Um, <laughs> so I don't condone this or anything, but um, that's the way it worked. And uh, I was in my dad's Saab 9000 Turbo manual. And I was, I don't know why I drove it that day. I had a 914 at the time, I think. Um, and I was, we were basically, I passed someone. And then I, there was a hairpin or a, a sharp left-hand turn. And that turned into understeer. And it turned into me plowing off onto the golf course, hitting a couple of the pylons that, <laughs> whatever, the little fence thing, and then dragging those along for 100 feet. And, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, Tell that was me it was in biggest. the fairway. It was... Yes, it definitely was. Did, yeah. did you scream four <laughs> as you drove uh, on? The- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but I should have. I was more embarrassed than anything else, right? I'm like, oh, my God. I hope no one saw me. I mean, the person I passed definitely saw me, but I'm hoping there's no golfers. So you're, like, putting it in reverse, like, slowly oh backing God. away. Oh, my God. Was the car Dude, fine? And, uh, it had a little, like, I think it had a little bit of wheel damage. It had dirt all under it, um, like mud and stuff. <laughs> I remember my dad making a comment, like that it was that it had. Some There's mud a little bit of a shimmy. And, What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm like, I don't know. So he never knew about. what actually happened. I, I told him, you know, uh, years later. But it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I took a my my uh, my grandpa had an F one fifty, and I remember taking that thing out in the middle of the night. Uh, I was like 16, picking up my buddies, and we went in the, into a farm, and we're doing donuts in this farmer's field. And just, yeah. just why not? It was just unplowed That's field. That's what you do. Bumpy. We were course. just like driving around. And uh, he, he started coming after us with a four-wheeler. The farmer did. Oh. And we must have woke him up. <laughs> he came after us. And to get out of this, like you could crawl in. It was like this berm that went the, – the road was higher than the farm. Okay. Yeah. Probably, probably about 15 feet. So you had to drive oh. down into it. But leaving – we were going very, very oh, fast, yeah. and uh, we just railed this berm to get up onto the road. And I remember driving it home, and everything was fine. But then uh, you wake up in the morning, and you look at it, and the bumper's crooked. Oh, no. And uh, basically, I hit the transmission on something and basically totaled out my grandpa's truck. And he never said anything. Never said what, a what, word. He just... He just woke up and goes, oh, my, tar- my car is messed up. Like, what do I do now? I don't know. He never said anything. And so, like, wow. later on in life, I was like, hey, remember remember your truck? And he goes, yeah, the one you drove around in a farmer's field. And <laughs> ran. Oh. He must have, like, known the farmer or something. <laughs> and so he knew, he knew it was me. He knew it was me. That was, that was <laughs> no good. So, obviously, That's all this great. stuff breeds nostalgia, right? It breeds nostalgia for the cars that we grew up with, whether it's yeah. the Saab or the 914 or, or yeah. anything like that. And all these cars are kind of are kind of cool, right? The Saab is cool. The 914 is cool. Yeah. The, the truck you're talking about, the bug. And do you think it's possible to create that nostalgia and emotion with any car? Or does it have to be something that's unique and cool? Because it always seems like Ooh. we, as enthusiasts, we, we always pick up on the cool cars. But do you think that there's guys out that are like, yeah, man, my dad's Cavalier was the coolest car ever. I can't so, wait to own one. I mean... Trying to yeah, kind of dive into this like Radwood thing of why these cars are cool to people. No, that's a that's an inter- interesting question, and like I don't think I would have that answer and, until we did we started Radwood. Um, but there is people showing up with the biggest crap boxes. Like I mean, cars like like I don't know. It's hard to have nostalgia. I mean, yeah, all these cars are have bad elements to them, or they're not maybe not the greatest cars, but 
you know, a Saab 9000 is a pretty cool car. It's turbo, you know, all this stuff. Um, a 914 is definitely a cool car. But, you know, there's a guy, like, it's actually a car that I first drove when I got my license, too. A Renault Encore, um, which is a little, I don't, a, a pile of crap. Um, <laughs> Do you want one early... with, like, 30,000 miles on it? No, that's the thing. I don't want that car at all. <laughs> I know and of one. The one, the one I, <laughs> I, I, really, I get you all dialed in. Yeah, I think they all have. So my my grand and my grandma had one. I would like borrow it from her. It was kind of like before I ever bought my first car, I would drive it around, and uh, I would go catch air in it and stuff. I'd find all these jumps, you know. But hers had thirty thousand miles on it. It wasn't because she didn't want to drive it a lot. It's because it never ran, and she bought it brand new, <laughs> and it was just a piece of crap. So. These cars were never good, and there's people, like, we had a show in Boston. A guy brought, he loves this Renault Encore he has, and he drove from, like, a, a state away or two states away to to show off his Renault Encore, you know? And people have... He's a risk taker. He's he's something, yeah, for <laughs> something sure. Like that. Um, but I also noticed, you know, with the people, um, my the co-founders are out with a couple of them are from the Midwest, like Ohio and stuff. Um, and Detroit They're they have these like soft spots for these like nine early nineties Pontiacs and stuff where like, I wouldn't even ever give them a second glance, but they have a soft spot cause that's what their mom or dad drove. And that's the car they first drove, you know, um, where, you know, being out here in California and Santa Cruz, which is super liberal and, and, um, you know, it was like Volvo capital of the world, you know? So right. <laughs> it was, and, and it was kind of like the Volvo was the cool car here because a BMW was showing off too much. So it was like, you know, you wanted to show that you were safe and all this stuff. So it was like Volvo saw very hippie. Um, but yeah, a, 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 any Cavalier or Pontiac, I would never give a second glance, but on at Radwoods, all this stuff shows up and it's like, someone loves them. Someone loves all these cars. Someone loves the Renault Encore that was built in Milwaukee yeah. and wasn't actually a Renault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, was, uh, by the way, Motor Trend Car of the Year in '83, I think. Wow. Well, they definitely slow did a, year. No long-term yeah. road test that, uh, uh, for that yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. So, it's a guy that's been around for the entire revolution of entirety of the revolution of cars, um, and you've seen the kind of the progression, like you know, same progression that I've had, and this new electric stuff that's coming out. Do you think that stuff is going to have nostalgia for people? I've uh, is that, it's so hard. Is it? Can you see I it? Mean, what do you, yeah. What do you guys think about about that? Like, do you think it Oof. will? I, I don't because I think things are moving too fast. Because yeah. there's, I, I think that everything that was built in the '90s, whether it was good or bad or whatever, was still built on the foundation of something, and it had this lineage. And I feel like everything now is it's almost like iPhones. You know, you might you might may, maybe down the road you'll use an iPhone three just to be ironic in, in, in that way, but I don't know that something that you need as functional as a car. I don't know if it'll I ever see. They don't like, have soul. They don't have a soul. They haven't earned anything, and it remains to be yeah. seen if they'll earn anything like that yet. I could see in thirty years though these like oh that's a first gen Tesla Model S like this the yeah. kind of the pinnacle or the landmark cars, but even, everything in between maybe not right. So I, I agree with I mean I kind of I I agree with you guys. Um, I think it's hard to create soul in something that, with so few like moving parts. I guess you would say like um, I think a lot of the emotional attachment that I, at least that I have to cars is 
you know, when I get in a 914 now or a 911 from that era, it it just has these certain smells, right? And that's as big of a factor as anything else is those smells. Um, you get in a 60s bug and you smell the horse hair in the seats. Um, and I think you're lacking kind of all of that with the the new electric cars because they just don't have those sensations, right? They don't have this, like we call it sense of occasion. Um, and it's just like, it's kind of almost like flaws that make a, make something stand out, uh, which can be like the noise. It can be the smells, all that stuff. It's like an iPhone doesn't have any of that. Or even a, you know, a 1984 Apple computer, it doesn't, you're not going to go use that. It's like, it's just a, you make a fish tank out of it. That's that's what you do. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could say stylistically, they could have something like Jake was saying, where you're like, "Oh, that's cool, first gen Tesla." Um, but beyond saying, "Oh, that that's cool, look at that thing," I don't think it has much going for it. Yeah, you could almost tie the emotion of all the stuff that we like with these old cars as kind of this analog experience that everybody's kind of obsessed over, whether it's uh, old tube stereos, records. Uh, everybody wants to have like a Walkman and be, you know, just this stuff that you can touch feel feels like it was designed by somebody for a purpose. Everything yeah. now seems it's like it's designed by committee. It doesn't, even though it's necess- not necessarily done that way, there's a guy that designs a Tesla, right? He does it, but it still just doesn't seem as organic. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real. It seems too fleeting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it just, like you said, the iPhone's a great analogy for it because you're never going to want a, an iPhone 3, right? You're just you want the latest and greatest and I think that's the way all this stuff is. Um I think it's the same way with like a actually uh, I was just about to say a minivan, then there's all these people that love first gen Chrysler minivans that show up <laughs> at Radwoods. So uh, it it's hard though, you know, like um yeah, I I think it comes down I, to character cuz when you're talking about the flaws yeah, that make things that is you know character. more interesting, it really comes yep. down to does it have character? And kind of if you can identify with it or have some nostalgia for it. Well, think about supermodels, right? There's beautiful women everywhere, especially if you look yep. at Instagram. They're all over the place. But the ones that end up as supermodels are not perfect. It's They've Cindy all, Crawford, right, with her mole. Yeah, there's always the, something the about them. The gap teeth or something. Whatever it is, there's always something about them that makes them unique or imperfect. You know, perfection yeah. is is really boring. Nobody wants to look at art. No art that is worth anything or valuable is perfect. It's all, you know, it all has some sort of human hand in it. And humans aren't perfect. And maybe it's the fact that they're striving for perfection on this stuff is what makes it so uninteresting to me. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it goes with... um. You know, it's the whole iPhone design is, you know, you could say an iPhone's a great design, but it's it doesn't necessarily have any character. You know, it's very, it's just a clean, sleek design where, you know, you want something with like, oh, check out these cool bumpers and how they did this like gas lid, all, you know, these little details, which a lot of cars, I mean, I'd, I'd say most cars lack these days, right? It's like when you go and um, look at like a side profile of a, a new 911 there's like three panels and nothing else on it there's not like you don't have a black little you don't have the chrome under the door like you would an old 911 with the black rubber and then you have the bumperettes and then you could take those off there's not there's not these little details where right um that you know new cars just lack that in general and then tesla is taking it to a whole nother level 
And well, a lot it's so of hard to personalize cars. anything now, too. It's just, it's just everything is yeah. so complete. Like, it's just, well, this, this machine is amazing. What the yeah. hell am I supposed to do to a Tesla or a 992 or 991 to make it any better? There's n- literally nothing I can do. No, and even if I could, it. yeah, I'm going to ruin it. It'll, <laughs> I'll spill something on it, and it'll start on fire. Who knows? Yeah. Yep. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about Radwood. And it feels like Radwood has become more than a car show. It's this huge thing. But where did it start? What was the impetus of, of Radwood? Yeah, so the impetus of Radwood was it actually started on our podcast on the DWA podcast. Um, I think it was Warren was talking about he was saying like how cool would it be to have like a ra- uh, a hill climb up to Hearst Castle. So Hearst Castle is down in San Simeon um, along Highway One. Um, really cool story if you don't know about it, Hearst Castle, but. Um, Anyways, it has this really cool road up to it. And he was like, how cool it would be to have a hill climb there, like like Goodwood, basically. And we're like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. You know, we should do that. That would be cool. And then met up with a bunch, a couple people a week later. We're like, man, we should do that. Well, maybe we can't do that, but let's have a car show. <laughs> um, and we'll call it Radwood, essentially. Um, and we'll do 80s and 90s because we were saying how cool it would be to do an 80s and 90s version of Goodwood was essentially what we were talking about. Right. Um, so we were like, okay, let's have a let's do this car show in South San Francisco. Um, and maybe a few of our friends will show up. You know, we had already and we we did it. It was a few of us got together, a couple podcasts actually. Um, and we started the first Radwood and we decided, you know, like Goodwood, we would have period correct dress. <laughs> and uh, the first one, you know, we, we didn't know how many cars would show up. And I think we had like 140 cars. And uh, it was a whole thing. Like everyone dressed up and uh, everyone had music playing in their cars. And it was just this really fun thing with without a lot of judgment. Um, and, you know, everyone kind of when everyone is together acting like idiots, it's hard to judge anyone, which is why, like, you know, Halloween's kind of fun and stuff like that. So, right, right. Did it feel um, like some of these people were just waiting for something like this? They were definitely waiting. Like you don't. The yeah. dude had the, I mean, the had the outfit in his closet already. He's like, finally. Yeah. He's like yeah. steaming it, it like, get it ready. Yeah, it's like finally, dude. I'm you know like I mean I think '90s and '80s parties are a big thing, anyways. At least they were when I was you know in my uh, party years. You know, my 20s. It was like, oh, let's go to an '80s party. You know, and you dress up. So that's kind of a thing, anyways. Like I think people of our our age like doing that. So. It's just giving people an opportunity to dress up and and uh, basically have fun and and it started out as more than a car show. You know, we wanted it to be more of like, hey, let's like represent this era of our child of our childhoods. Why do you think cars were so integral to the eighties and nineties? Because if you had a if you had Radwood two thousands, the the style doesn't really they don't go together, right? It's not I like know. the what is it about like the eighties, especially in the nineties, where car culture was so tied into. Um, just pop culture in general. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you on that, really. I think more of a hypothetical. It's just it, they they just yeah. are. It's like they're inseparable. Yeah. Commercials, everything. It was all so eighties, and it just seems everything's so disjointed now. I know. Do you think it's because I mean, and eighties more than nineties? I think. Um, yep. It it was so of the era, right? You had these cars with like electronic dashes and stuff, and and really cool graphics packages that. I think just didn't happen in other eras. Maybe they just like. It seems um, like they are more risk taking in car design. Maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, yeah, and it was more maybe in the it was more in the details and not the design itself because the cars were pretty, you know, for the for the most part, cars were kind of like boxes. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a hard one to put your finger on for sure. What would you describe in general terms a car? Like if there was not not a specific car yet, but just a general overview of a car that belongs at Radwood. Oh man. Um a car that belongs at Radwood. Yeah, it's just hard like because I I think it's like it really encompasses like everything. It's like whatever you felt nostalgia for, but like not without naming a car. I think it's like the car of Radwood would have a really cool graphics. Um it would have uh vents on the rear window. You know, it would have a bunch of these like cool period correct aftermarket tchotchkes like uh um yeah that kind of stuff maybe a sunshade with like the sunglasses on it you know just stuff like that like kind of like full-on 80s to the max um it's almost like it gets it gets wrapped up in like we were talking about earlier how it wraps up into the era Right. Yeah. I mean, whether it's yes. music, like the marketing, everything. So as long as it represents that, it fits. So if you had to pick a car, what Fair. car? M- the one car most defines Radwood. Mm. It's hard. Um, I, I think a nine thirty, um, slant nose, like a slant nose Targa with a whale tail and uh, maybe a Gambala kit and uh, you know wide body. <laughs> Like that, that's Radwood with some aftermarket with some Recaros in white leather, you know, white on white on white, something like that. Like, um, you're basically describing if cocaine was a car right now, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's my idea of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are your thoughts on all the three? Like, 930s are expensive, right? They're a million dollars, but yeah, all the three and five thousand cars that we love have basically skyrocketed on a bigger trailer. Is it, yeah. is it your fault? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Am I mad at you or not? What's going uh, on? Oh, man. I don't I don't think so. I don't think it's our fault. I think we just like, I think we were at the forefront of this kind of like, um, I mean, it's just, it's an era thing. 80s and like, 90s kids just have money now. I think yeah, that's, I think, it's, that's you know, what it comes to. And now they have this outlet in which they can, you know, dress up and dress bring their cars. Bring their cars and, yeah, and I think, they're. They're 35 to 50 years old now. They have money in their pocket. You know, they're they they're looking for that. Basically, they're looking to relive their youth. It's like our parents did with 50 car, 50s cars or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just happening. And I think we we definitely were uh, like at the forefront of that, but we didn't create it. And it was already there. We were just we just decided to exploit it earlier than most. I think there's just this again this value in the analog experience. Right. I mean, it's just everybody's looking for some some way to either unplug or pretend to unplug. They want to feel good about, you know, the fact that they, oh, well, I'm going to put my phone away and and uh, not have my phone and go to this 80s show or phones. Actually, nobody would do that because they want to. No, you want to take photos. You want to take photos. (laughs) Yeah. They just want an excuse to wear their pink windsuit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people blame bring a trailer, too. And I don't think that's to blame either. It's just like they're selling the the best of the best, um, you know. A lot of times it's like really good, you know, examples of cars that we like, but those, you can still find those cars in, 
like crappy ones for not a lot of money. So those guys with uh, the crappy ones, though, all they do is go, "Oh yeah, saw my car on Bring a Trailer sold for oh. thirty grand. Mine's got two hundred seventy-five thousand <laughs> miles and a leaking yeah. rear main seal. I yeah, want fifteen yeah. eight. I know it is. It is ridiculous. I, I feel like Bring a Trailer should have a whole like PSA about that. <laughs> yeah, but, like uh, your car sucks. Do not yeah, use ex- us as a ex- exactly. We would not take your car. So. Yeah. All right, I've, I have a little game we want to play, and we're going to call it Rad or Not Rad. So yeah. basically, I'm going to tell you something, and you tell me if you think it's rad or not. Okay. So, so the first is, one. This is my opinion. This is not Radwood's opinion, because Radwood likes everything. They're all rad. Yeah, this, but, is, uh, just, this yeah. is just for fun. This Before we get fun. into it, Lane, how do, I yeah. don't know anything about the structure of Radwood, the show. Is yeah. there an application process? Can you show up in whatever car you have? So um, we sell tickets in advance. Um, they usually sell we ask for a picture of the car, whether that's an Instagram account or whatever. Um, and then we'll look over it. Um, but for the most part, if it's 1980 through 1999, you're all good. Um, for royalty, we want to, we want to scrutinize that a little more. Sure. Sure. Which is just a a top tier ticket essentially with like, uh, more premier parking. You're kind of more spread out and stuff like that. Do you um, do you ask what people what their outfits going to be? Is that included with getting approved for royalty or no? No, we don't ask at all. Um, and it's it's crazy how many people just like know that that's what happens, you know, and that like we have to dress up and this is our day to shine. All right, uh, turbo fans, rad or not rad? Oh, super rad. Turbo fans are amazing. Yeah. They're so rad. When we walked to when we talked to the designers at BBS, they called them cooling cones, which is oh. almost cooler sounding than turbo yeah, fans. Yeah, dude. That's amazing. You All right. Kick his. <laughs> <laughs> uh air ride on a car. Rad or not rad? Not rad. Not rad. <laughs> uh, front wheel drive, rad or not rad? Ooh. Um, I wouldn't say it's rad, but it's like something that, you know, was obviously prevalent and became popular popular in in that era. It seems like a lot of the cars that would be in Radwood would have front-wheel drive, right? I mean, yeah, it seems fairly prevalent. For sure, like Rabbit GTIs and Preludes and all this stuff. Um, I just don't think it's like the rad element of, of – it's not a rad element at all. Uh, wearing racing shoes every single day, rad or oh, not rad? No, that's not, never. <laughs> never rad. Never I see cool. these guys. Just, I'm like, they got to be uncomfortable, right? These dudes yeah. are like walking around car shows in like Ferrari shoes. I'm like, what are you doing? That looks horrible <laughs> yeah. for your arch support. No, that's not that's not good at all. Um, that being said, if someone like was wearing, I don't know, Nigel Mansell's racing shoes, that would be awesome. You know, yeah, that would be pretty um, cool. So there's a, a caveat a, to everything. At a Radwood, but not every day. But not every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, liveries on cars, so it's like the Martini livery on a just a random Porsche. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's rad for a Radwood event. I think they're as long as they're done well, liveries are great. I'm very yeah. like I'm in the minority for that. I think liveries can really add a lot if it's done well and it's done in a fun way. You know, there's yeah. li- guys that do it poorly, and you're like, oh no, 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 that's not good. <laughs> oh, but overall, yeah, yeah. they can be okay. Um, period correct aftermarket car stereos. Period correct. Oh, so rad. Super rad. Big old I only put this in there because I wanted to just talk about it. <laughs> 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 They're so cool. 
Oh yeah, so cool, dude. I mean, yeah, those equalizers and oh, oh yeah, so the blowpunk gooseneck ones that kind of like oh. stick out from underneath the dash, or the ones in the old Mercedes, like the guy will have a five sixty SEL, and you remove the climate control and everything, it's and then the it's, entire console, and it's like eight yeah. things stacked on top of each other, like it's a professional concert, and it's just all <laughs> yeah. these little knobs and dials and lights and. Oh, it's so cool. It's so rad. And then the guy's like walking around with his pull-out stereo. It's not detachable face. Like we're talking the whole stereo. Oh, yeah. The whole thing oh, yeah. slides out. And so he's cool. carrying it around. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. What percent of the cars at Rad would have eight track players? Ooh. Ooh, would, that's pretty oh, early. Actually, that's like none, I would say. Because is, that two, like, is that 70s? Eight yeah, that's two 70s. Everything shows got a what I know. Deck. Yeah, it's got a cassette deck with a little carrier where it also holds like oh, 5%. Yeah. Yep. yeah, the little that library. That said, I'm sure some American cars in like 80 through 84 had eight tracks because they, they were, were holding out. Behind. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I bet you RCA. could get an aftermarket eight track for a long time. If you wanted to get yep. rid of the cassette deck to put the eight track player in, oh, yeah, there you I go. bet you yeah. could do that. The Pontiac Aztec, rad or not rad? Oh, not not even. No, <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> it's not in the right era either. But um, because aren't those like two thousand? Are they right? I thought they were right. I think it's that. like ninety nine. Yeah, I think they were like. Did I, they come out ninety nine? Yeah, I think something I like that. In. So now uh, someone's definitely going to bring an Aztec to rad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and figure out a way to do it. Uh, I sure hope not. Um, no, I I I'm one of those people. I don't think the Aztecs. Okay, it's awful, but I don't think it's like the worst like looking car of all time. I mean, it's it's horrendous, but I I think it got more flack than it deserved compared I to would, a lot of other cars. Maybe I guess you'd say. I, don't know. I would say, mark my words here, guys. In five to ten years, these things will be cool because they're so unique. Yeah, and cool in an ugly way. Well, I they kind of pioneered, like if you think of like the Honda. Um, what is it? The, the Ridge Line, the Element, and stuff like yeah. that. They were, they had like a lot of things going for them, but it was just such yeah. a bad car. Right? Yeah, they had a built-in tent. Yeah, um, it, was, it was neat. Like as a concept, it's really cool. Yeah, it also was like the. It was one of those. It was one of the first cars where I was like, man, they must have had three designers design each section of the body, kind of thing. <laughs> right. And uh, I feel like a lot of cars have been like that since then. You know, we have cars like the Honda Clarity and all these horrible things. So. Uh, but yeah, I think that was at the forefront of that. So they have some cred. Did, did you know that Jake likes the Nissan Murano convertible? The cross oh, cab, the cross lake, cab. Chris. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, no, Lane, yeah. no. Well, it's not awesome. It's ironically awesome, right? But, it's uh, just it's such a, a design of a singular vision, and it's yeah, just guy, so unique. Yeah, he like made it for his wife, right? That's um, right. Yeah. The the um. So my. Oh man, my kind of thing is that I like the Subaru Baja. I like those. I like too. them too. I saw one drive. I was having ice cream with my daughter, and I said, "Hey, yeah. one was driving." By, I said, "Hey, is that car cool?" And we do that all the time. Is that car cool? Do you think it's cool? And she's like, "Yeah, yeah that thing's cool. It looks like a little truck." I'm like, "Yeah, it, those are kind of neat." Did they, they make any a- of them other than yellow? Yes. Uh, oh, yes, I know they, they did. did, but yeah. isn't every single Baja you see in the road seem like it's yellow? A lot of yellow with the gray paneling. Um, they did make they made five speed turbos too, which is pretty awesome. Oh so wow! Why do you think they didn't just call it a brat, dude? They should. I mean, I think it's a missed opportunity, really. But totally, I think, I think they see maybe they saw the brat as like a, you know, not not a. They didn't have fond memories of it. Maybe if they did it today, they would call it the brat. But it was like too soon, maybe. Right, know. they were just because they didn't the, have the uh, bolt in seats in the rear, so they could call it a passenger I vehicle. Uh, I wish they had that. 
Well, yeah, you could always redneck that in there for sure. There's no problem. <laughs> yeah. You can just weld them in. Um, excessive camber on cars. Um, no, that's not rad. Yeah, it's supremely not rad. Hood-mounted no. driving lights. Hood-mounted driving lights. Ooh. Yeah, when I you mean, think of like guys putting yeah, them on yeah. the 911s. and That's the only thing I can think of like is that. the 911, oh, People do them on yeah. minis. They do them on Subarus. Yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, it's rad. Yeah, sure. Color-matched wheels. Oh, yeah, that's rad. That's definitely rad. <laughs> that's rad? I think it's yeah. really, it really yeah. depends. It depends on Dude. what you're trying to color match. Like, if they're color matched to the car, it's like, <laughs> are they supposed to do that? Are you supposed to do something uh, ironic where it's purple on an orange car? What are you supposed to do? That's not color no. matched then. Yeah, but you have to look back. Like, a 964 RS, color match wheels all the way. Like, True. Um, a 968 Club Sport, color match wheels. Definitely. Um, an 80s 911 Targa slant nose, whale tail. What, white on with white Fuchs or gold with gold Fuchs? Hell yeah, that's true. So right. um, that's that's all super rad stuff. Does that necessarily mean it's like good looking or tasteful? No, it's super rad though. Air cooled <laughs> Porsches. Yeah, um, yeah, so rad. I mean, look at every '80s movie. Some some dickhead drove a air cooled Porsche. <laughs> yeah, Jess was just sent me a picture today. She was watching Risky Business, and there's a, oh, a 928 in there. Oh. So that's like the one of the that's like the whatever fourth character in that in that movie. I mean, exactly uh, goes along with Lake Guido Michigan. the Killer Pimp. Guido the Killer Pimp, and he says, and he Mary he they run away from him, and then he looks over and he says, Porsche. Porsche. There is no, there substitute. Is no substitute. Oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> oh, good. Such a good I movie. Used, I used to get warm and fuzzies when I'd watch that. I mean, yeah. That, and what other definitely... car can pull off? I mean, the Porsches had the Pachateri in them too, but. Yep. In terms of what car really needs Pasha, it's the 928. Needs oh. a Pasha interior with phone dials. Yep. It's incredible. And we saw at the shop here, there's uh, there's tons of body kits out there. You may not recognize the name, but there's a, a 928 with a Strosic body kit on it. Yep. Which yep. is like super wide body, and it's got Testarossa. Like, yep. uh, the like side strakes. Side strakes, and then it's got like a, a huge spoiler, and then it's got a spoiler. I don't know what, what's the mid-spoiler called, where it's up by the window up by the, the roof. There's another oh, spoiler yeah, up yeah. there, and yeah. Aaron takes, and it's completely stock. <laughs> and the yeah. interior, like every other 928, is destroyed. But yeah, I don't it's probably care. automatic, too. It was know, a five-speed. It was pretty oh, cool. See, that's, that's rare, cool. then. And I, yeah. I, I want a 928. That is my right now, a yeah. 928 is the number one car that I want with, they're pretty, with car orthopedics in it. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> awesome. I, I had a 1980 um, 928 with a five-speed, like I don't know, several years ago. And that was one of those cars. It's like not the. It's not like a nimble uh, driving car like a 911 would be or something like that. But you know, it has this like presence to it, and it has this. It's just like they're built so well to like such a high standard. All aluminum doors, fenders, hood. You just like everything feels so well crafted, and they're really really cool with the you know the I like the two valve V8, um, the earlier ones, and they sound really neat and. They're just they're just a really really cool cars. And when you see them driving and you see it from the rear three quarter on the road, yeah. I I almost just slow down and just drive with it, so yeah, I yeah. can just look at it as it's moving. <laughs> yeah. They're they're just very very unique. Okay, um, turbo tails on non turbo nine elevens. Uh, that's a negative. No, that's not rad. I don't, yeah, they came like that from the factory. You could, I know. Yeah, yeah had but the it's, option. But yeah. <laughs> he's not into I, it. I'm not into it, so maybe that's just me. No, it's not just you. I remember when I got my my SC. I had yeah. a I had a white SC and it had a big turbo tail on it. 
I drove it home immediately, took the tail off, and there was screw holes all oh, over yeah. the deck lid. Uh, and, I, and I would rather have screw holes on the deck lid yeah, than have a turbo tail on a non-wide body 911. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't match the uh, the you know the fenders really. It's just it's like some of those width. girls you see on Instagram with the really skinny waist and then they're like huge on the <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. on the legs and everything. It's just like it's yeah. the proportions are all off. <laughs> it's just isn't working for me. No, it's all off. It's all wrong. How was the apocalypse? Now that uh, the apocalypse, it seems like it's kind of wrapping up. Has it affected how you guys are are moving forward with Radwood? Or um, when's when's um, the next show? What are you guys up oh to? Oh my Is- god, Dude, it's like it, everything's at a standstill. It's like totally ruined everything. Uh, we had a Philadelphia show and a South Carolina or North Carolina. I don't even know which one we were going to. Uh, Mich- it was at Michelin HQ. I guess that's South Carolina, but we had two shows already like basically sold out and we were ready to go and this thing hit. So we had to cancel both those. And then we had plans for one in uh, Pacific Northwest up in Seattle. Um, So yeah, everything's just at a standstill right now. And we're waiting to basically be cleared to have shows, you know, to, to live in a world where we can have a gathering of that many people and that many cars. So yeah, it's like this uncertainty. Like you think maybe you could probably do it then. Like they moved yeah. Luft to November, oh, which, yeah. which is like, well, I don't know. Is it still going to be? Can you go? Can you not go? It's just been such a shit show for anything like this. Oh yeah, it's 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 horrible. Like um, the first thing we're uh, for DWA, we're doing a uh, we call them Morning Motors, which is a cars and coffee, and we're having our our first one since the, uh, ap- as you call it, the apocalypse. Um, the first <laughs> the car one, apocalypse. Yeah, it's on the 28th coming up in a couple weekends. And, you know, that's our first, like, kind of like, hey, let's see how this goes, you know, because we do have people begging us just for anything, basically. You know that event is going to get destroyed. Like, a zillion people are going to show up. Oh, I just hope Because not. it's, it's, it's going to be, everybody's doing this pleasure delay thing, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks since they, did what they like to do in months and months yeah. and they're just ready to explode. They're, I know. they're ready to do it. Yeah. Typically the show has like probably 200 and over 200 cars and you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it just stays around that. Well, I, I look forward to it. Is there going to be a, we need a Radwood in the Midwest, like Chicago or something or, I know. or Minneapolis. About- I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Let me help. Let's, <laughs> let's go. I'm, I'm ready to help. Twin Cities, mini, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool for sure. Yeah, we haven't. I I guess the closest we've done it is Detroit, which you know, um, which was an awesome show, and we had a lot of people from Canada going to that one, which was cool. But um, Midwest is definitely it's on our radar. It's just hard when we only do so many shows, and yep. I guess the Midwest just kind of gets left out, really. Yeah, that's uh, sad cuz I mean if you think of Chicago, Milwaukee and Minneapolis, I, know. I mean it's it's we're here. I know. Everybody Chicago's, everybody forgets about us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago is like every John Hughes movie, right? That's very 80s. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I know. We need to do it. So, uh Driving While Awesome is your is your podcast. That's kind of where, yep. you know, things started. Uh what is Driving While Awesome? Can you, can you just explain it to people that might not know? Oh man, what is it? Uh so we started out as a lemons team like 12 years ago or something, and we were ra- we were racing lemons in a 944 Porsche. I think we had the f- maybe the first Porsche and lemons. We were at the second ever 24 hours of lemons race, and uh, when it was Destruction Derby, go check out our video of that if you get a chance. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly to watch. Uh, but 
Driving Well Awesome, essentially, we have a podcast. We put on these, uh, we do a couple rallies every year. And then um, we do a Morning Motors, which is our cars and coffee. And we just do like little day rallies here and there. So it's just like encompasses all that stuff. And essentially, we started, um, you know, we started the rallies and stuff. We just, we're not into supercars. Uh, we didn't necessarily have money for like a, um, you know, a, uh, 60, 68, 911S or something like that. So we all had like E30s and 944s and kind of stuff in, in that range, which is like cheap, just cheap, fun 80s cars. And we wanted, and they're good driver's cars. So we wanted a place that we could drive those cars. So basically go on rallies that weren't pre 1974 and weren't Gold Rush, Lamborghini, you know, Huracans <laughs> right. and stuff. So yeah. that's kind of why we started it all. It was just like, Hey, here's a place for like the every man that's into these cool European cars from basically eighties and nineties, you know? So you guys sell at these rallies immediately. So they're obviously fun. They're good. You've been yeah. doing them for a while. What do you think makes a good rally? Cause there's rallies all over the place. Now everybody's doing a rally. Yeah. Um, what makes a rally good in your mind? Man, it's, it's one of those, like, um, it's, I don't think it's, it's definitely not one thing, right? Like, I think a key is obviously to have good roads and stuff. And that's like, a, that's kind of a no brainer. Like anyone could go out on a, on a drive and, and, you know, find good roads or everyone knows of good roads to drive on, um, around where they live, but it's putting together this combination of good roads with good, like kind of like views and stuff. And then also having really cool stops for lunch dinners and i think for the most part it's really just the it's the crowd that you attract and the camaraderie with having one of these rallies you know it's like i i could go on a drive any day and it's fun but it's so much more fun when you get a hundred friends together and right. you're you're from all walks of life too it's like we have i think that's the cool part it's like bringing everyone together for their love of driving and looking at and and being around these really cool cars. And uh, it, it's just really cool. We have 18-year-olds and we have 70-year-olds, and they're like they're all hanging out and having a blast and driving together. And, and it's all about after the drive talking about the sections and how much you loved it or how that one part was pretty sketchy or this and that. And just you know, building these really cool relationships between everyone. I think, and I think that's the key part. It's, you know, it sounds cheesy, but it, it really is the people. No, no, it, it's not cheesy at all. I think what we, you know, when, in our leisure time as human beings, what we try to do is we try to do things that we know will give us something to look back on. It's to create stories that we can tell other people. It's yep. to be able to, when we're sitting in our chair at 75 years old, rocking back and forth, we can go, man, Remember that rally that we did with with driving well awesome and all those yeah. cars? It was we're not even allowed to drive those cars anymore. This was <laughs> yeah, yeah. this was the coolest shit ever. And and we try to create those memories for ourselves. And I think yeah. that from what I can tell, I really want to come on one of these rallies. I've almost yeah. come a few times through oh, various yeah. people and doing things. And, and I will come at some point. Yeah, you and should. Just because I want to, I want to create the nostalgia for myself. I want to be able to have stories to tell yeah. and. And it sounds like you guys do a really good job of that for people. Oh, well, thank you. I think I think also, I mean, a big part of it, too, is like, you know, I, I just, I'm 40 now. Um, and it's like, we all kind of, with starting Driving Well Awesome, you know, we all started like getting these like permanent 
you know, longtime girlfriends turning into wives and having kids and stuff like that. And it's kind of hard to escape that and have, you know, you kind of like the car hobby and the driving and stuff kind of gets left out unless you have these like more planned things. And that's kind of why we started doing the podcast. It was like we missed talking garage talk, you know, shop talk, just like hanging out in a friend's garage talking about cars. And uh, I think that's what these podcasts do. And I'm sure that's what you guys like about it, too. It kind of reinvigorates your love for for automobiles and for driving. And the rallies do the same thing. Um, and I know you guys did a rally last year, right? Yeah, we've I've done, you know, with Euroworks and the clubs here, I've been doing rallies for probably 10 plus years. Oh, okay. And we didn't do one for a while because I, you know, I quit working with the club. It was just too much work to keep a car club together. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I really miss the rallies that we used to do. We used to do camping rallies and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? We're going to do another one. We did one last year. It was it was a hell of a time, and it made me remember how much I, I love – I, for me, I love giving people that, that experience. I'm like, I want to do something that people can, you know, look back on and create stories with. And, and that's the entire reason that I do it. I, you know, I go out and drive and look at the roads and stuff like that, but yeah. doing it for others and giving them the experience is what really does it for me. Oh, dude, that's what makes it for me too. It's like before these rallies, you're always kind of nervous. You're like, oh, it's going to be good, you know, whatever. And yep. then you, the first stop, everyone's going up to you like, oh, my God, that was so fun. That was the best road ever. Like, you know, oh, this is so awesome. Like, you know, and they're all taking pictures and stuff. And it's just like right there, you're like, all right, it's all worth it, right? Like yep, they're exactly. everyone's having so much fun. And they're like, I never knew about this road. Or, you know, and they're like, they're, they're, they're talking to everyone else. And everyone's taking photos. It's really cool. I mean, I do think it's cool with like digital, the digital age and everything, being able to take these you know, have DSLRs and all this stuff. And just like, you know, we didn't have that. Like, I don't have a picture of my first car, you know, it's like, and now all these memories are, are all over Instagram and stuff, which is kind of cool too. Yep. Um, and it, it's just really neat, instant gratification and people, you know, they meet all these new friends and stuff and it's, it's, it's really a blast. I, I would, I, I would love it if you guys would come on them and I mean, I'm sure you guys know what it's like if you've run rallies before, but, oh, yeah. um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's all about that camaraderie and just, you know, you know, hanging out. Where can we, people find out more about Driving While Awesome and Radwood if they want to learn more? So Driving While Awesome, just go to drivingwhileawesome.com. And, uh, yeah, you can listen to our podcast. We do it twice a week. And then we have a Patreon podcast every week, which I know you guys are on the Patreon. Yeah, it's uh, great. Deal. Yeah, it's cool, right? You guys do an exclusive podcast every week too, right? Uh, we do one once a month. Oh, we okay. do one. We do one once a month. We do like cool. a big history episode of some sort that's you know kind of cultural oriented, like the history of of the lunar Land Rover. We did a big oh, episode, wow. did a bunch of research for that, and, and put one of those together. That takes a lot of lot of work, man. Ours are like our Patreon episodes are like, uh, do you like hot dogs boiled or 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 uh, grilled? So we <laughs> well, the answer is grilled. <laughs> boiled well, hot dogs hot. are nowhere near as good. <laughs> we put up. Honest. Oh, oh, that's we, we have. We were split down the middle. Crazy, no. Right? If you Crazy. if you eat a hot dog and you put it in your mouth and it snaps when you eat it because yeah, it was yeah. boiled in water, I can't. Yeah. It's nowhere near as good as yeah. grilled. It just isn't. Yeah. We did a poll on our Patreon page. I think we had like probably 90 people weigh in and uh, only eight people said boiled. So at least we have intelligent listeners. But There's, there's, <laughs> there's hope for humanity yeah. after all. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, to get check out Radwood, just go to radwood.org or uh, radwood.co but um yeah and check out our instagram page radwood official and then for dwa it's just driving wall awesome everywhere lane thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us today yeah 
thanks for having me on. That was uh, that was too easy. I appreciate it. We'll <laughs> we'll talk to you again sometime. All right. Good All right. good talking Take to you, care. Chris. Jake. Yep. Later. Take care. Bye. Yeah, well, let's take a minute to talk about Oberk. Oberk is a Midwest manufacturer of polishing compounds and supplies that is researched, tested, and developed by professional detailers themselves. Oberk products are designed to decimate swirls, holograms, and all that oxidation you see on your vehicle's paint. And right now, Oberk is offering 20% off any order online with the code Overcrest. Now, this dis discount code is good not only on OberkCarCare.com, but also on CarSuppliesWarehouse.com and DetailedImage.com. And I've used Oberk products. They are great. Go check them out. The best part is they're easy to use. There's only two things. You can just do it. It's, exactly. It's Again, many thanks to Lane for coming on the podcast. I figured we'd have a have a good discussion with him. Great and, time. Um, I'm sure we can have him on again because there's all kinds of different things we can talk about. And he mentioned driving up to the the national park there in the Sierra Nevada mountains, Yosemite. Okay. In the truck, getting going to get the chairs. Right? Oh with yeah, his dad, yeah. They re, he reupholstered or, or and refinished the chairs and everything. Yeah. And take them back and forth. And that must, I think it would. He must just because they live close to there. I mean, it's not a super long drive, but I can only imagine driving up some of those hills. In, in a, an in old Volkswagen bus or transport or whatever thing, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my, I got stuck there once with my grandfather. We had a, that's right. We had a 1984 Mercedes 380SE. Okay. My grandpa said, Hey, why don't you pick out a car? It's going to be his car, but why don't you pick out a car and we'll bring it back to Wisconsin and end up selling it? I, we didn't end up selling it, but that was the plan was okay. to bring back this rust free car and sell it or whatever. Sure. And we get into Yosemite National Park. First of all, uh, we've got a, a carrier thing on top. So everything I own in college was there. Everything. <laughs> everything I own from my apartment was in this long wheelbase Mercedes. Okay, because this was you coming back home from, from college. college. Yeah. I so gotcha. it's filled to the, the rear seat's full. Yep. The upper uh, thing is full. The, 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 the roof, cargo bag. The cargo thing, which yep. was like some super shitty one that was like strapped down with racket <laughs> straps to the car through the windows, right? And uh, we didn't have any like Thule box or anything like that. Anyway, so we're driving back, and it's a beautiful drive through the going through by next to the river and everything up. You knew somebody; it's super, super beautiful. All of a sudden, it's you go. There's like an archway that you can go through. Yep. And the car dies. No, no running gear at all. It's just oh, it, man. it runs, but it doesn't go. Mm. And we are probably 100 yards from the entrance to the national park. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> And we go, oh, shit. So we get out of the car. We walk over to the little ranger station. Yep. And we're like, what can we do? And she's like, oh, well, we'll we'll just move it over to the maintenance shop, and you can try and figure it out. Couldn't find anybody that would tow the car anywhere. Plus, we're in the middle of nowhere at a national park. And the guys at the maintenance shop goes, well, we'll fix it for you. Wow. The guys that they maintain all this the equipment. This is the national park maintenance shed. Yeah, the maintenance shed. The national wow. park maintenance shed. And uh, it turns out the, one of the rear axles, the half shafts, had basically broken. Yeah, you're not going anywhere, though. You're not going anywhere. There's nothing you can do to fix that. That is one of those things that there's no amount of duct tapes or zip ties <laughs> that's going to get you home. Um, although, I wonder if you could zip tie a half shaft together with enough zip ties to at least, like, accelerate slowly. <laughs> I, I bet you could. I you bet know, you could. well, no, I don't think you do that. But a lot of the rock crawler off-road guys, they'll have um, an arc welding rod and jumper cables, and you can actually arc weld with just your car battery and jumper cables. That's true. You could you could definitely do that. All right. So what so the things in the maintenance shed. Yep. And my grandpa goes, "Don't worry. I brought a tent and sleeping bags." <laughs> 
I'm like, why? Are you kidding me? The guy's got tent and sleeping bags to go with this trip. And I'm thinking, how did he sabotage the? Axle? Yeah, he like, was. Uh, this was all part of his plan. My grandpa is Boy Scout prepared. That's at awesome. all times. At all times, this guy's prepared. He's he's the one that always taught me to bring tools when you go on road trips, and yep. you know, have a little toolbox. Always be prepared. Every time. Anyway, so they order an axle. Okay. Axle comes. Wrong axle. Oh, this no. is we. So they have an emergency camping spot at at the national park where it's always open. For emergencies. No kidding. So normally you have to reserve a campsite. Like way in advance. It was free. It was open. And <laughs> it took them a week and a half to get us an axle. No. Because they ordered the wrong one twice. So you camped so at we Yosemite, camped, we camped for at Yosemite free for free. For a week and a for half. For a week and a half. And all we did wow. is hike. My grandpa was probably, I was, God, it must have been 22, 17, 18 years ago. That makes him 70. Okay. So okay. he's 70 years old at the time. And he is kicking my ass hiking around. <laughs> I'm like crawling up the hills. Yeah. And he's like, what's wrong? Let's go. Let's go. And I'm just barely able to survive. Wow. And I was in good shape because I'd been biking around the hills of San Francisco the entire time. Wow. And this older man is just kicking my ass. <laughs> anyway, we got the thing going and we ended up leaving. But that was, in hindsight, I really wanted to leave. I'm like, God, I just want to get home. Yeah. Uh, my my girlfriend is there. I haven't had sex in like six months. You know, let's <laughs> I gotta get back. I'm just uh but in hindsight, I go, wow, this was this was incredible. This was this experience that I got to have with him that I'll never forget. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I remember the last we drove to maybe just before it was in Colorado somewhere, and uh we stopped and then we woke up. And we drove, the, I drove the rest of the way straight through, which ended up being wow. 22 hours straight through because I just wanted to get home so bad. And I switched out so my grandpa could drive once yep. for like an hour and he fell asleep immediately while we were driving and drove over a deer carcass on the <laughs> side of the road. And, and he goes, we really need to stop. We, I'm so tired. I'm like, I'm so tired too. And we look at it, we pull into this rest stop and we thought about getting our tents out to like just put our tent out at the rest stop. We were so tired, decided that was unsafe. We were, I was so tired that even if I drank an entire Mountain Dew or two Mountain Dews, I felt the same. Yeah. There was no recovering from how exhausted it was. But we ended up getting the car home. And, you know, that was uh, uh, between him and I. So mm -hmm. I had the 380SC, which is a 3.8 liter V8, uh, V8 with, a, with CIS. Yep. And he had the 300 diesel. And he was always going after me being like, yeah, mine's got a turbo. It's definitely going to be faster. <laughs> and I and uh, I was like, no, no way. Not possible. This is a V8. There's no way that this gasoline V8 is. We never raced, but it was always this thing going back and forth about which one was faster. And I had that car for quite a while, and I tried to sell it for $2,500. Okay. $2,500. Had, uh, had it up on Craigslist. This is probably 12 years ago, 10 years ago. And I didn't get any... Nothing. No bites. Nobody wants these cars. They still don't want these cars. Really? They're just, they're not, they're not desirable. They're just not. They're but great that's cars. that's the car you picked to bring home and sell. I, we just like Mercedes. I just always have. Okay. Yeah. So this is not, I'm not like Johnny come lately to the Mercedes scene, the grandpa car, right? I've just always <laughs> been influenced by my grandpa that they're cool. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I'm trying to sell this thing. 2,500 bucks. Can't get any money for this car. Just nobody's calling. Nobody's even picking up the phone. Nothing. Yeah. And then uh, I go to bed one day. I wake up in the middle of the night, and it is an enormous hailstorm. Destroyed the car. Oh, my Just goodness. Just absolutely destroyed it. The insurance adjuster comes, takes a look. I get a phone call the next day. You know, we, we see some of the values of these things are a little higher. We can do a little bit more research if we want, but as is, we can give you eight grand. 
<laughs> Take my money. Give me the money. I'm like, no, please do not do, do more market research. Please yep. do not do <laughs> you that. You got something wrong. Give me the check. I'm out of here. And then we immediately wow. spent that money on Jess's rabbit. Oh. And put bought carburetors for it and, yep. and paid for a little bit of the paintwork on the car. And that, that money from whatever that insurance company was thinking. You still look up like blue book values on these old Mercedes and they're still high. Wow. And you're like, there's, well, maybe now there is. I mean, yeah. the only way these things are worth money is if they're super low miles. Right. Super low mileage cars is, is about it. Anyway, that's my story of driving through seven. Well, it just goes to show you went to had that experience and that adventure had you not driven and taken the car. That's right. We will uh, see you guys on Friday. Take care.